Welcome to Hand Therapy Heroes, the premier podcast on hand and upper extremity rehabilitation. As a worldwide educator and developer of best-in-class hand therapy content, Susan Weiss, occupational therapist and certified hand therapist, brings you an array of hand therapy specialists, hand care solutions, and more. everyone. We're fortunate today to have a guest who's going to share with us some amazing secrets. This is an episode you will refer to often as she will provide you some useful tools to benefit you, every patient you treat, and your family members as we all encounter what we're discussing today. Our focus today is on pain and how to better understand pain, which will ultimately make it easier to manage. Our renowned guest is Susan Stralka. She's a leading expert in this field. Susan Stralka is a physical therapist with many, many years of experience in treating both musculoskeletal and neurovascular consequences of injury to both the upper extremity as well as the lower extremity. Susan has presented nationally and internationally hundreds and hundreds of times on upper extremity as well as lower extremity dysfunctions, as well as pain management. Susan has written articles on a wide array of topics and has written for many national publications and health journals. Of a few of our most popular publications include the Graded Motor Imagery in the Journal of Hand Therapy in 2011, the chapter on thoracic outlet syndrome in the book Neck and Arm Pain Syndromes by Elsevier, also in 2011, and the Spinal Cord Injury, Central Nervous System, and Brachial Plexus chapter in the extremely popular purple book, Hand Rehabilitation, a quick reference guide and review, the fourth edition, which was just released in January of 2019. Susan has held numerous state and national offices with the American Physical Therapy Association, as well as the Arthritis Association, and has been the volunteer of the year. With the goal of providing the best rehabilitative care to her patients, Susan continually recruits and supports innovative clinical programs to benefit future patients. Susan has been in practice as a physical therapist since 1971, and now she's a part-time clinician and lecturer, as she's supposed to be retired. We are so honored to have her teach courses for us at Exploring Hand Therapy. We value her so much, and we're thrilled to have her on this episode of Hand Therapy Heroes, where we're going to discuss pain. So first off, Susan, can you please tell us how and why you got into physical therapy, and then specifically hand therapy? Susan, I certainly can answer that question. After my freshman year in college, I had the opportunity to work in a state hospital, and I was able to work in the physical therapy department and the autopsy department. 
So which one do you think I chose to continue with? <laughs> well, you know that answer, physical therapy. So every summer of my, after my freshman year, sophomore year, and junior year, I worked at the same state hospital in physical therapy. And at one time, I thought I wanted to go into medicine or be a veterinarian. But after being working with the patients and being able to spend time with them, to listen to them, get to know them, and, you know, want to help them, I said, physical therapy is my profession. So I started as a physical therapist treating all different types of injuries. And then when I was chief of physical therapy at Campbell Clinic, I worked with some wonderful uh, hand surgeons. Mm -hmm. And one of the hand surgeons said, uh, we need some help with this patient. We got a messy hand. Can you do anything about it? And that was my challenge. So that's how I began my interest in upper extremity and hand and difficult pain syndromes. Wow, that one patient kind of changed the way you practice therapy at that point then. It sure did. It was a crush, a badly crushed injury. And that's what I, I learned from that patient as I always learned from my patients. Wow. So you, how long ago was that that you then delved into hands? Was that towards the beginning of your career or was that you know, a few years? No, ago? it was the beginning. It was the beginning. It was about uh, the seventh year after I'd been out of PT school. So that one crush patient created a passion in you to learn more about pain and the connection to the patient's recovery. What did you do to learn more about what you suspected? Well, when I was treating that patient, I noticed that, the, that he was on a lot of medications. And sometimes he would come in to see me in the clinic and he'd be a little lethargic. And I'd say, okay, what'd you take today? And he said, well, my doctor has me take these pills four times a day, but the word that he uses, it makes me really dumb. And that's the word he used. And I said, well, what do you mean dumb? And he said, well, uh, uh, it takes me a while to answer questions. It's difficult to answer questions. And I wish I could get off this pain medicine. He said, I really don't have that much pain anymore. It's just that I can't move. And I'm, it's just that I'm stiff and I can't move. So that really was my start of thinking about, okay, what is pain? And then the more I read about it, uh, the less I knew about it. Because at that time, at that time, the school of thought was it was just tissue damage that caused pain. And somewhere in my mind, I knew it had to be more than that. Because when you have pain, you have an emotional component, you have a social component, and you have a physical component. So I continued to read, continued to join the International Association for the Study of Pain and other pain organizations, and decided this is an area that, that I really love, especially in the upper extremity. and I fell in love then with complex regional pain syndrome. So you know that if you treat a complex regional pain syndrome, not only do you have to have the patients of Job's, but you have to be willing to have this a patient-centered treatment. So this was an eye-opener for me. These patients wanted to talk about everything, but you know, didn't want to do a lot. So I said, well, I've got to think about, you know, I've got to think about how we can push this through. So my love and passion is with upper extremity, difficult pain syndromes, complex regional pain. I love it. Nerve entrapments. I love it. Thoracic outlets. I love it. So my passion should be right there. Susan, that information is extremely fascinating. And you are a passionate teacher as your courses that you presented for exploring hand therapy on the brachial plexus, on motor imaging, and the newest release, pain. What's my brain got to do with it? do display your passion. 
And you help so many practitioners understand how to deal with these extremely challenging patients. Are you currently accepting referrals from therapists and physicians to your practice to treat these challenging problems? Yes. Well, Susan, I'm, I am supposed to be retired, but I'm retired from my full-time position. I still lecture and teach and write chapters, as you know, but my love is seeing patients. So I still work two days a week in consulting in, in difficult uh, pain syndromes. And yes, I get we get a lot at the clinic. We get lots of patients from uh, different physicians. Why? Because physicians don't understand pain and they don't like to treat pain. What do we do? Well, we we understand pain a lot more, and we design a treatment program to make sure that we're patient centered with our treatment. If the physicians don't understand pain or realize they have an option of sending the patients to practices or practitioners that can help these individuals, the patients with persistent pain get put on opiates and end up in the vicious pain medication cycle. That is the truth. And that is just very, this time, 2019, it's disgusting that we're still giving as many opiates as we do. It is. It's it's criminal. So in this particular episode of Hand Therapy Heroes, we want to help our listeners understand pain and some tips on how to treat it and some pitfalls to avoid. So can you give them a little bit of information about what is pain? Yes, pain is very complex. It, a small component of it is just the tissue damage like in acute pain. But what happens when somebody has persistent pain, which means that the pain continues after the tissue is healed, is the central nervous system becomes hypersensitive, and then we see lots of different signs of sim- and symptoms, such as allodynia, which means a non-painful stimuli is painful. These are the patients that come in that have their shirt sleeve rolled up and say, I can't stand anything touching my arm. I can't take a shower because the water even hurts. So why would water just hurt them? Because we have hypersensitivity in the central nervous system and the normal message of non, non-painful stimuli isn't getting into the brain. Uh, another way of identifying complex regional pain syndrome is a patient may have uh, lack of motor control. We know with pain, it affects motor control and motor control affects pain. So I don't know which one is the chicken and egg there, but I do know they go hand in hand. So if you have a patient that has difficulty in initiating movement or moving or even moving, uh, then they maybe have focal dystonia. And focal dystonia certainly is a sign of complex regional pain, such as uh, other pain syndromes. It's not just limited to complex regional pain, but it's from all different sides of the pain syndromes. I hope that makes sense. Another way of identifying if you have hypersensitivity in the central nervous system would be that a patient would have difficulty in identifying right from left. When we have difficult pain syndromes, such as persistent pain, it affects the central nervous system and we lose our our body intact body schema because we have changes in the homunculus tips in treating these patients would be number one you've got to address the central nervous system hypersensitivity first and that may be by breathing exercises diaphragmatic breathing relaxation uh, mindfulness yoga we got to give the tools initially for the patient to control their symptoms 24 7 so we just can't treat them in the clinic passively 
That's not what you do with persistent pain. We've got to give them the tools that they can manage their pain and progress positively toward a good outcome. My last. That's a lot of great information there. I'm sorry to interrupt. What were you going to share on that about some of these tips? I was going to say one thing you don't want to do is when we have persistent pain, we do not need to fire painful neurotags. A neurotag is just a lot of synapses that occur in the neural matrix or the area of the brain. And when these synapses are connected together, they produce an output called a neurotag or a neurosignature. We don't want to turn on painful neurotags. Mm-hmm. So the mistakes that I certainly have made in the past is pushing my persistent pain patients too far, causing additional pain, which causes inflammation, which maintains this vicious, vicious cycle of dysfunction. Right. I mean, how many times have people told their patients, no pain, no gain? That doesn't work with persistent pain. That's, a, you know, that, that's where the paradigm shift is. That's old school. Now we're into new school. I don't think the no pain, no gain rule really applies in any case, regardless of if it's persistent pain or not. If you're pushing tissues beyond the point of discomfort, then you can cause tissue damage. However, it's very important to note that with persistent pain patients, you absolutely must not continue through discomfort or any pain, or that's simply going to reinforce the pain fibers to fire, which will maintain the hypersensitivity in the central nervous system. So Susan, how do we as practitioners assess pain so that we know how much to push or not to push the patient? Very simply, if you have a patient that has peripheral symptoms, you know they have swelling, they have stiffness, they have difficult moving because it's usually following an acute injury. So we're going to assess the peripheral components of it the way we always have. But if we have a patient that has disproportionate pain with allodynia or hyperalgesia or both, has difficulty in in initiating movement or difficulty with normal movement patterns and the symptoms spread around, Mm -hmm. that shows that there's hypersensitivity in the central nervous system. And how you identify this, one way of identifying it is to use the central sensitization inventory tool in which there are two parts to it. Part A, there's 25 questions. Patient fills in these 25 questions. And then part B is there are are about 10 more questions that sort of reinforce some of the answers we got in the first part. And then there's a scoring mechanism. And if they score above 40 points, they definitely have hypersensitivity in the central nervous system. And that's a very effective way I found in uh, identifying if there is this central sensitization or hypersensitivity. That is a wonderful screening tool, and we can have it sent to you if you send us an email into info at handtherapy.com and just let us know that you want to receive the screening tool that you heard about in Susan's podcast today. And you can also learn a lot more about the screening tool and how to utilize it in Susan's course titled Pain, What's My Brain Got to Do With It? And that leads me to asking, Susan, what are your recommended resources to learn more about pain and how to treat pain? One of the books is uh, Mechanisms of Pain by Kathleen Skukla. That's K-U-L-A. The other one is Explain Pain by David Butler and 
uh, Laura Mayer Mosley. The other one is Central, Central, I'm sorry, Sensitive Nervous System by David Butler and colleagues. And the fourth is the Therapeutic Neuroscience Education by Adrian Lowe. All of these are updated with neuroscience tidbits, neuroscience evidence that support how we treat persistent pain and to make the patient as functional as possible. Those are some wonderful recommendations, and I will include those in the show notes. And if anyone sends in that email request for the screening tool, I will put them in that as well so you can have those to look into in more detail to learn more about pain. So, Susan, the last question I'd like to ask you today is if there's anything else that I should have asked you about that I didn't ask you about. Well, I think what's important is that uh, we have to remember that the biopsychosocial approach in treating persistent pain is absolutely necessary. Since pain is so complex, it involves the patient 24-7 and all components of their life. So a lot of times this persistent pain causes maladaptive behavior. And what we have to do is some cognitive behavioral training, which is in our scope of practice. So we have to identify you know, uh, things that are negative that the patient believes in or thinks they believe in or someone that's catastrophizing, which means they always want to talk about all their pain symptoms. Well, that is what's maladaptive, okay? And what we have to do is use a positive approach to these patients, and it's the cognitive behavioral side of it that works. So do you spend some time educating the family as it seems that a lot of times the family members contribute to some of those negative patterns that you're referring to? Susan, that's a great question. Yes, you have to talk to the family because if a patient has been in, has persistent pain for 11 months and let's say there was a distal radius fracture and it's healed, the family wonders, okay, what is going on here? They don't understand it. So they've got to understand it so they don't re- reinforce maladaptive behaviors. Thank you, everyone, for joining us at Hand Therapy Heroes with one of my mentors and favorite hand therapy heroes, Susan Stralka. And again, send an email to info at handtherapy.com to receive the assessment tool and the references Susan spoke about in our discussion today. We'll also include some information on how to access Susan's courses on live conferences Thank you for joining us, Susan. We really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Hand Therapy Heroes. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Visit handtherapy.com and register for our newsletter containing free content and courses about our fascinating hands. Hold hands today for a more functional tomorrow.